Welcome to TV Times 3, episode 366. On this episode, we've got a bunch of renewal news to talk about, and then we'll be talking about the first season finales of 24 Legacy and Trial and Error, and then also recent episodes of The Blacklist and iZombie. Plus, we've got some TV recommendations at the end. You can find the full show notes with start times for each segment at tvtimes3.com slash 366. I'm Jason the TVaholic from tvaholic.com, and this week I have joining me... Carla Day from Collider.com and Buddy TV. And Kyle Nolan from NoReruns.net. All right, third time's a charm. <laughs> you did that pause just to scare me. <laughs> uh, yes, we've had a, a little... Uh, technical difficulties for every time we got to Kyle, he dropped off. It was, uh, like somebody didn't want Kyle to talk about TV this week, <laughs> but it uh, seems to be working now. So we'll just uh, move right along to the news. Uh, first up, Amazon has renewed Patriot for a second season. Haven't even watched the first season. I didn't even know there was a first season. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds cool, but I haven't seen it at all. Bravo has renewed Imposters for a second season. I still need to finish the first season. That was a show I really liked about partway in, but I still have five or so episodes uh, sitting on the DVR. Instead of watching those, I watched, you know, like six episodes of 24 Legacy, so we could talk about that on the podcast today. I watched the whole season. I enjoyed it. I'm glad it's coming back. Well, I haven't watched it. Yeah, it was one of the ones that was sort of the one of those little surprise ones. Like you're like, oh, this is actually this is actually pretty good, you know. Uh, Crackle has renewed Snatch for a second season, as well as Supermansion for a third. I have not seen either. <laughs> I've never watched anything on Crackle. You haven't watched any. I haven't watched any of their long form stuff that they've had uh, since they've started doing that. I've seen some of their some of their stuff in the past that was you know where there were like five to six, seven episodes of things or whatever. But yeah, I haven't watched. Although they seem to have some you know some interesting stuff, but but haven't watched any of that. Fox has renewed the X Files for. I guess uh, an 11th season or another event season or however they're marking these these days. Yeah, it's weird. The press release called it like a it's been renewed for a second event series. Like it's just weird. And then you have people call it the 11th season. Like, which is it? Like, Well, hopefully they learn from last season and it's actually like an event series where instead of just random episodes of the X-Files yeah with a with that have that have like a a, a setup episode and an ending episode that sort of have an overarching story but a bunch of other yeah. stuff in between and sadly the in between stuff was the more interesting stuff <laughs> well, I've always preferred the monster of the week episodes than any of the mythology stuff that they've done like, they could just say, no, we don't know where the sun is, end it there, and I'd be perfectly fine with that. All right. And Freeform has renewed Shadowhunters for a third season. I didn't even realize it was still going. Yeah. <laughs> just, I think it just finished up the second season here recently, or 
However, I think it's still in the second season because yeah, they're still or, filming. Yeah. Or if they're in the, they're or, still filming this season. Or maybe they they tend to do some of those half seasons of stuff. Uh, so it may be yeah, like halfway through the first or the second season, or something, or or wherever they're at. I don't know. It's not good. So. <laughs> <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> I, I watched the whole first season and it started into the second season. I was just like, nah, can't. It's too many other things. It's one of those that like I like sort of like the world and sort of like the ideas of it, but it's it's so badly like written and acted that it's just not good, as I mentioned. Uh, Hallmark, Hallmark Channel has renewed Wind Calls the Heart for a fifth season, so my parents will be happy. I believe they both watched <laughs> that. So, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Nat Geo has renewed Genius for a second season, and the third or, and the first season I, doesn't that premiere like this week? Tonight, yeah, or tomorrow night? Yep, yeah, on Tuesday of this week. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So another one of those, like they're not even. They're not even waiting to see like what the first episode does. They're just like, oh, there's going to be more. Uh, but yeah, if you were uh, wondering when Nat Geo was going to get into the uh, <laughs> scripted, I think they're also picking up a bunch more scripted series yeah, yeah, <laughs> into the into the scripted game. Now you know. Uh, and then uh, lastly. Uh, TV Land has renewed Teachers for a third season for some reason, and then Younger for a fifth. Well, so the third season was like 20 episodes, so it's like insane for Teachers. Yeah, I don't know. I never got that one. That one that one sort of worked as the short uh, sketches and stuff like that. Isn't that the one from like the comedy troupe? Yeah, the, all yeah. with the same name, whatever they're... Yeah, I just blanked on what they're... Uh, but yeah, they all have some form of the same name. Uh, but yeah, that's... Katie Dids? Is that what it is? Yeah, that could be it's like Katie Dids. Yeah, it never, it never worked for me as the longer form. Although maybe they got better because the first season, the episodes just felt like they just cobbled together a bunch of their... You know, they're like three minute sketches and stuff like that into episodes. I enjoyed it, but I just lost track because the TV land's not in HD, so I <laughs> tend not to bother to yeah. watch it. Uh, but, uh, well, I'm interested to see what happens in the fourth season of Younger, so <laughs> <laughs> like, I suppose it's good that it'll be back for, uh, for a fifth. Uh, so, yeah, a whole bunch of a whole bunch of stuff, but I just, I just love just in like the last week, the, the number of renewals, we've got, you know, two streaming services, you know, and a bunch of cable channels and one, including that you're used to watching. I don't know. Them follow animals around with cameras and things <laughs> like that. Like, I don't know. they follow Einstein. Yeah. <laughs> They gotta beat the rush. You got all the cancellation renewal coming up with all the all the that's networks. Right. Get 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 into the news cycle early. All right, so that's uh, that's the news. Kind of a, 
I mean, uh, all positive in, in some sort of sense, I guess. That no, no cancellations that uh, uh, this past week. All renewals. So there's that. Because that's what we need is more, more shows. <laughs> <is> more shows. <laughs> and with that, we'll move on to the uh, primetime segment. And first up is 24 Legacy, uh, which ended here uh, season one. Episode 12, 11 p.m. to 12 a.m., but it really should be 11 p.m. to 12 p.m. because the last, uh, they did the same similar thing as they did with the last Jack Bauer season, and uh, in the last 15 minutes, they jumped ahead, you know, 12 hours. So, But that was the uh, season finale, and uh, Carla, what did you think of how they ended things and the whole, the whole season of 24 legacy in general. It grew on me the season as a whole kind of, I thought the first few episodes, they were kind of, the acting wasn't as good as I was kind of expecting for such a, you know, iconic kind of show, even though it's a new series. Um, But overall I liked, I liked it. I, I, liked the ending as far as like Rebecca Ingram dying and um, her husband then kind of um, Donovan kind of being able to get in the clear because everyone that knew what had happened was gone. Um, I thought that was kind of an intriguing kind of twist so that if they have a season two, um, you know, it puts him in a new position also that it kind of, uh, I don't want to say sullied his character, but you saw somebody that was so clean cut and like black and white um, become gray, which now if he's running for president or if it comes back, he is president. It puts a new spin on it. Um, What I didn't like about the last episode was it seemed like. First of all, I didn't realize it was a finale until like that afternoon because it seemed like there was so much story left to tell and I forgot that. 24 is not really 24 anymore. It's 12. Um, So there was like, I thought they kind of rushed the last episode. I thought that it would have been better if the last episode story was kind of told over maybe like two hours and maybe, or if they would have cut out some of the, there's a little bit of fluff in the middle that just didn't really work for me in the series as a whole. Um, But I liked it. I liked the way it ended. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting something that I really liked in the finale, but overall, um, and Eric Carter as a character, I think that's why the first few episodes I didn't really like as much. Maybe it wasn't so much the acting. I just, there was something about that Eric Carter character that didn't work for me in the early episodes. Cause we didn't really know him, but yet we were supposed to kind of, it seemed like just assume things about him. But as we kind of got to know him, I did um, I did like him as the lead character. I could have done without some of the him and his wife and brother stuff. Um, but they did end up incorporating it into the story well enough, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I hope it's renewed. I think season two would actually potentially be better than season one. They tried to do a lot of different things in season one. 
um, to throw twists in and make the story more complicated than maybe it necessarily needed to be. But now that we know the characters going to season two, uh, there could be a really good story to tell. How about you, Kyle? <laughs> yeah, I wasn't as enamored by this as Carla was. Um, to I me, wasn't that enamored. <laughs> I, just, I mean, it was okay. I, I did. I definitely didn't. Well, Eric Carter never felt like the lead character like Jack Bauer did. Like right. he just didn't. Like it seemed more of an ensemble, and he was just a small piece of it. If anything, Rebecca seemed more like a, a main character than than he did to me. But like overall, I think they just. They introduce way too many stupid moves to have things happen. And, like, how bad... Like, this is, like, year, what? I don't even know, 12 or 13. And, like, CTU, the security at that place is just horrible. Like, <laughs> yeah, how, that's how true. That, like, how do they get to that guy's girlfriend? And then, like, how does he, like, just, like, give everything up and and basically get a bunch of his coworkers killed and a whole bunch of other people killed over his girlfriend. Like, it was just well, ridiculous. Yeah, well, that's the type of stuff that I have, you know, a problem with the show is they had to have had, like, this, this set in motion, like, way before any of them ever get caught. Like, this was, like, the backup plan of all backup plans. Like, <laughs> like we've researched all these people. We found their weak spot, and we know about this person – and so in case one of us gets caught and is taken to CTU, we're going to then invoke it because it just seemed like the perfect thing to just like come out of nowhere. Like all of a sudden uh, this guy is, is uh, you know, taking this person, you know, hostage, which is really what they should have called the, se- the season instead of 24 Legacy. It should have been called 24 Hostage because <laughs> every almost every episode after you get into I mean, it starts out with. Carter himself being taken, you know, and other people's family being used as leverage to try and get, you know, uh, the one guy to give up the the information that he had, you know, that he'd stolen in the strong box. And and then all the way along, like it just keeps it just kept going. There was a new Jason, you're not supposed to overthink it. (laughs) And and besides, 24 taken was already taken for uh, for another I, I don't want to overthink it, but when, but I guess maybe it was even more noticeable because I watched like six episodes in a row, but like yes. <laughs> when I, I'm watching an episode and like they get out of one and then the very next episode, somebody else is now like, you know, they fix one thing and now Carter's wife and brother are taken hostage. They fix that, but now they're hostage. And then yeah. they fix that, but now this other lady who's the girlfriend of the security guy is now hostage. And so, and then there was... They're working down their list of who to take there was, hostage. There was somebody before, you know, before that, like... Uh, then you had the girl. Even the even the side thing, like, uh, with the, the, yeah, the high school student girl that blew up the truck, like, her brother and her take her father hostage. Yeah, like, there was, I swear there was somebody taken hostage in every episode by the, uh, by the end of it. And it just, it was so like every twist revolved around some sort of taking some sort of abduction or taking somebody, you know? And then after, after that, all of a sudden now they, they get the girl out of the, uh, you know, out of the bomb and but they rescue 
you know, the bad guys go in and they rescue the one, you know, the son of the, uh, you know, the main terrorist that everybody was you know, thought to be killed. Uh, and then they take, they take the senator hostage on their way out. And then Rebecca replaces, and she ends up hostage in the next episode. I, it was that that really bothered me because you were just like seriously in twelve episodes, twelve hostages. The only way, the only <laughs> every twist that you could come up with involves somebody being taken hostage and trying to be leveraged for somebody else. Like every, it was it was too much in twelve episodes. Uh, the and, other thing then, that bugs me about it is I really wish that they would do 24. There's no reason why, even though they only tell 12 12 hours of story, that they couldn't tell it over a 24-hour period. Like the first episode starts, you know, say it starts at noon and goes to 1, but then it picks up at like 2.15, you know, because that's the next time they got, you know, the next clue or whatever. Because even within this, when they try and do this real-time thing, the travel is the travel is too fast. I mean, there things are blowing up. And they can up. fill in some bathroom break. Yeah. It could be like <laughs> 12 to 12:15 bathroom break and we pick up at 12:15. And then the ne- you know something blows up and then the next episode at the beginning of it they already have taken people someplace. And you're like, "How did they get Back to see they're excellent so quick. first responders and in it, that you know, neighborhood. And it's not yeah. till the very end that they finally actually use a helicopter that would actually get you someplace fast. <laughs> the whole time they're driving everywhere, uh, especially when like Carter goes out into the countryside, you know, to save the girl at the you know the little farmhouse, and then they take you know her on, and all of a sudden he's supposed to drive all the way back into town. Yet we heard Tony no... say he was 25 minutes out, <laughs> yet Carter still got there first and then needed to drive back. But yet there was less than 30 minutes left in the episode. Plus, plus when you did the 12-hour jump, all those people were still at work <laughs> for 12 hours, yeah, like they... doing wrap-up stuff. Like no one was sent home like for in that 12 hours. Yeah, you, like, you to, can't, yeah, you can't tell rest. if anybody's been sent home. Like Carter comes back, he's obviously been patched up, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, after after his uh, rough day uh, and, you know, shows back up for his debrief. But, <laughs> but... And the stuff with his wife, like she was ready to sleep with the brother. And then all of a sudden she's like, does a total 180 on her her viewpoint and now is like. Like forget, like saying, "Oh no, your job doesn't matter." Listen, I love your job. Let's just not lie to each other. Yet she doesn't say anything about what now with the brother. And she then, was not going to sleep with him. She oh, might she have totally him, was. But she was not going to sleep with him. I mean, come on. Now, I think I think there was some. I mean, I've obviously mentioned already things that bother me about the series or whatever. But I think, like you said, Carla, that now that they've introduced some of these new characters and stuff uh, that if they picked up with a new story and now Carter was an actual agent uh, that maybe they yeah. could come up with, you know, that they could come up with a different uh, story to, uh, to investigate that wouldn't, you know, that also wouldn't be so closely tied to whatever, like this was all, you know, all tied together in uh, things that, you know, these these two in this group had done, you know, going after this terrorist. 
and and so it would they could come up with a whole nother plot that's not so closely tied to everybody necessarily uh you know in a personal way did you like the return of tony almeida no no it's especially well the first time i thought it was fine when they brought him in to interrogate but then the second thing where he's like this mercenary like going to go and take out that girl like that just seemed ridiculous I, and then, yeah and then yeah. they also like they kill half his team he's like oh okay we're supposed to leave okay we can go at least they didn't kill exactly. like his girl at least they didn't kill his girlfriend so he was fine with it and like then uh then they just move on oh we lost those two people but oh well like, it just seemed ridiculous with him. Yeah, that was... I mean, I also don't remember exactly, like... It's been so long. Like, I also don't remember exactly, like, how that character was left off. I mean, they mentioned, you know, uh, Teddy Sears' character, you know, says, Tony Almeida, he's a criminal. And so, like, basically, he's he's basically become that. Like, he just does jobs for money. And it does seem like... I mean, I guess, you know, stuff that happened to him and things like that would you know, changed him or whatever from from what he was. But I still don't think he would kill a little girl like that just seems. Well, he wasn't supposed to kill the girl, but he but he was fine with taking her someplace that was going to drop her in a black hole someplace and she was going to disappear yeah. where even the uh, even his girlfriend wasn't like totally. She's like <laughs> she seemed to have like a little problem with it. But uh, so, yeah, I don't know. It was sort of. It was sort of weird. Uh, I mean, it kind of worked as, uh, but that was that was another thing too. Like, when exactly did she make this call that Tony and his team were like set up and ready to go in town already, just in case they needed to interrogate somebody? Like that was that that was the that was the things that bothered me is some of the things, uh, you know, like the taking the hostage of the, you know, the girlfriend of the, of the, you know, the security guy and Tony's team. Some of those things just seem too convenient. Like how are these things already too perfectly set up, you know, just in case. Uh, Cause Tony doesn't seem like a guy that's just sitting around. Like they're doing different jobs. They're going all over the place. Those types of things bother me a little bit and because they take me out of the, the real timeness of, See, I think it might have also been that we were both watching like a marathon back to back instead of like having a break between the episodes. So it seems like more time has passed rather than than how much time. When a week has passed between each hour. Yeah. The, the one the one last thing that bothered me was the Bin Khalid. When he came back, he just seemed like the weakest, most most pathetic guy. Like, first of all, horrible makeup. But like he just like just seemed so weak he didn't even do anything like he just like sat there he was able to like they just like tied him up no problem like when they were going to do the meeting with um with rebecca and like he just seemed like the like he had no power yet he was supposed to be this like super tough guy that they were going up against well he had been blown up and burnt (laughs) almost to death (laughs) you know so so you're saying that weakens a person, yeah. <laughs> it, it might, even on a show like this. It might put you in a in a wheelchair. I mean, he tries to give a a, a speech there at the end, you know, uh, when they're going to kill her or whatever. But I don't know. That was that also almost seemed like you're know, like, of course, he's not dead. You know, like 
like one twist too far that's not really a twist because you're just like, yeah, of course we we've already twisted you know a couple of times of who's in, you know of who's in charge or who's doing what uh, as we're, as we're going through here. But I think also somewhere in the because it's shortened, you get things like just when like the one you know Ben Khalid's son is like back in the fold and and finds out that his dad is has, is not dead and you know now they're going to team up as terrorists and you know get the person that did this to them and and then he gets shot in the head you know like in the very like in the very next episode and that you know that guy who's been the bad guy like all along is just gone and then yeah. you know and then all the way to the end of the episode like you have Ben Khalid kills the kills the other guy for, you know, going against him. And then Carter shoots him like four times. Uh, and then, you know, he's just dead. And. Or and, is he? Yeah, <laughs> like, maybe not. Uh, but it's just, it's some of those things where it just all of a sudden, like somebody appears and then boom, they're gone. I don't know. It didn't. Uh, some of those things didn't work as well. But, but again, I like the, <laughs> even within that, even within uh, the security being terrible, like why do all the security guys at CTU look like mall cops? Like why? <laughs> you know, like why? Why do they seem? I mean, because that happened like early on. Like he takes out like a couple of guards to get his buddy out of the medical se- section by just punching a couple guys in the face, and you're like, really? A couple punches to the face take out a CTU security guard? I mean, what kind of weak ass security is that? But yeah, plenty of things to complain about, but yet still kind of enjoyed watching it. I'll still watch the next season yeah. no matter what. Anyway. And I, I think but I think Carla's right though, now that you sort of know Carter and you like know what like makes him tick and uh you know you've had you've had some episodes to learn about him or whatever, that seeing him in a new situation would be a lot easier to take. Although I really like the show more in the beginning and it really sort of spun out of control at the end. Uh, so I don't know, but that's enough about uh, 24 legacy and we'll move on to the next show on the list, uh, which is I zombie season three, episode three, eat, pray, live. Didn't even notice the pun in the name <laughs> until now. <laughs> they're all, they're all puns. Kyle. Well, I I don't know. I just never notice. I just notice it now as you were, as you were saying it. You do realize that like, the little comic scene that opens like each scene is also a pun as well, right? Comic that opens each scene. Maybe it's always not. A, it's always a comic looking thing, and then it fades into the actual scene, and it has a little. It always has a little thing at the bottom that says, you know, that says something, you know, like cheers to beers when it goes into the section where he's playing at the, you know, at the lounge and having a drink. You've never noticed that each and when it comes back from the commercial that it. No, I just thought I don't think I ever even noticed. No, each section opens up and it looks like a comic and then fades into the real scene and each one has. I didn't notice the caption. There's there. always a caption on them, Kyle. You're missing out on you're missing out on one of the funnest parts of the show. Is there's like there's like six puns per episode. Oh my god. Inside the comics. Oh, so disappointing, Kyle. That's so 
You're going to have to go watch everything again. Go back and watch every episode over again and skip uh, up to the commercial breaks. Well, you're starting with episode four of the season, you'll just be watching them in a whole new way. Yeah. <laughs> Even though you don't... <laughs> Maybe it's because you're watching them on a super fast speed that you don't realize things just zip right by for you, Kyle. But uh, it, must what... be, it must be it. I can't what... read the at 1.3 speed. What are, you, what are you thinking about uh, season three of iZombie? I think it, uh, I don't know. I'm still like, like it goes to like a fun episode to a little more serious episode to a fun episode. Like it looks like we're back to a fun episode next week. So it's got this weird mix to it. Like I'm in, I'm still enjoying it overall. Like I couldn't care less about this whole Ravi Peyton triangle thing that's sort of going on. Oh my God. I loved it at the end. Sorry, <laughs> you love that he slept that he slept with his co- former coworker and messed up. Well, the not relationship. that part. Before that part, <laughs> I, I, I did like him. He was like, "Well, the way we left things, I thought <laughs> you were on a break." <laughs> yeah, I thought you I'm never. Sorry. Yeah, pretty much. Like it was like, well, what's funny is now she's pissed at him for basically the same reason he was being, <laughs> you know, was upset at her. For her having done something while they were not together, you know. Uh, but anyways, keep going, Kyle. Uh, but I, I mean, I'm curious to see now that Blaine's taken this, um, taken this serum. Like, they can't possibly just restore his memory and make everything work perfectly. So I'm sure there's going to be some kind of side effect that we'll see happen come up. All I could think when we at the end, though, when you see Blaine singing, like I was just flashback to the Buffy musical with his uh, with his singing voice there. But uh, I mean, yeah, like overall, like I, I prefer just like the fun case of the week type of thing, less so on like all the like relationship drama. Was this the episode with the with the dancing game? With the uh, video game, yeah, yeah at the end, <laughs> yeah, at yeah, the that, end. that's I like. I, I like how you see um, Major like see uh, like he's enjoying all this fun that's going on, and like you can tell like he doesn't want to risk losing these memories, so like he's gonna have to take that that serum soon to try to cure himself. But unless they can get this memory reversal to work then his whole life's going to change. So I, I'm curious. Like, I don't, I doubt they're going to make that thing work the first try. So I'm curious to see <laughs> what happens to Blaine now that he's taken this. I did like when, when they, when uh, she walks in and Peyton like recognizes the father and he has no clue that his father was there sitting in front of him the whole time uh, at the meeting. Yeah. I like, I like <laughs> later on when <laughs> When Robbie's going over like the list of things that he did and stuff, and he, and he's just like, "Huh, maybe my father was right." <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. uh, but how about you, Carla? I liked the Robbie Payton stuff, the way it all played out until the very end. But I, I actually don't even mind the very end because what what we found out is that they both love each other, and so. Um, It'll be a matter of, you know, it can't be just like snap your fingers and they get back together because that wouldn't be fun. Right. So, you know, they'll they'll have to work through and stuff. But, you know, the whole scene that happened in the lab when Robbie just finally because he's such a character that like holds everything in like he's 
too afraid to put himself out there. And for him to have finally just like blurted it out was to me such a turning point for his character though. Then him sleeping with his coworkers kind of seems out of character at the same time. So I'm not sure now has this all propelled him into like being like Ravi, the womanizer. I don't know. I guess we'll see, but it, that was kind of weird. Um, the Blaine stuff. It's interesting because as a viewer, I don't know that I want him to have his memories back because that Blaine, it was hard to like him, even if you wanted to like him. Um, But this new Blaine was like an unknown kind of, I don't know, kind of like on blind spot who, when they both um, the two characters that lost their memories yeah, and were evil people or became kind of evil people, but then kind of to your core, are you naturally an evil person or does circumstances put you in that direction? So I kind of liked that Blaine was kind of back to the innocent, like clear slate where he could remake choices. Um, So if he gets those memories back, it'll be interesting if he, um, remembers what he did if he remembers what he did and what he felt like when he did those things and then also will he remember what it felt like um after he lost his memories so to me that would be it would be interesting to me if he just remembers factually what happened versus kind of having the core personality of what he had then um and that he kind of still has that personality clean slate gets to kind of reinvent himself so i kind of it all if because of like the clean slate now he when he starts to remember the things he doesn't remember them fondly right like he he he, he, like he's sort of disgusted by what he he's remembering or something like that I mean, and that's kind of like how Jane Doe on Blind Spot was. I mean, she did all those. She did things that Jane now today on the show looks back on negatively. But back, you know, three years ago or two years ago, whatever it was, that Jane really believed those things she was doing was for the greater good. So I guess that that would be kind of good parallel for what I'd like to see Blaine go through. Not you know. become evil and go work at the the scratching post with his dad and. I just think and, it's more inter- It would be a more interesting story, you know, if he kind of questions the morality of what he was doing before. When before he just didn't give a shit. He's like, you know, I'm going to do what I need to do for me and make money and, you know, scratching a woman so that she'll have to buy brains for me. I have no problem with turning her into a zombie. Whereas the Blaine that we see before he took that cure, um, I don't think he would have done that. So I think that's pretty interesting. I will say one thing with the dance thing, um, I, I and maybe it's me wanting it so bad, but when Major was watching them dance, I saw a glimpse of Major and Liv, the possibility of Major and Liv getting back together, which... I kind of like that idea. Um, I don't think every show needs to have a romance with everyone, but that relationship's such a core kind of part of the show that I think it would be interesting to explore that again. Just because I love seeing the two of them together. 
the problem is how do you like say they cure Blaine or not Blaine they cure um, Major and he gets his memory back like how does they how do they not then just go ahead and do the same for Liv and then you've got the end of the show <laughs> like so there's got to be something. I'm not saying that I want them to cure him <laughs> necessarily. I mean, well, because if he's cured, supposedly, I mean, him and Liv couldn't be together anyways, because then he'd be made into a zombie again. Yeah. Right? But, I mean, unless something happens to the cure, like, has happened, like, five million times, so there's only a limited (laughs) dose that they, you know. But they still have, what, what, like, 17 doses. They could give her one of them. But then she loses all her power and you lose the... The whole <laughs> you lose the, the reason for the show. You lose the conceit <laughs> of the show. What did you think of the of the new spin that the uh, that you know that Fillmore Graves has created a you know a blend of brains that if you eat you know you eat a whole bunch of different ones you don't get that like you do if you just eat all one. I think that makes sense um, because the idea of always having to be on somebody else's brain, I think, uh, like, that is, well, you would think it would be an unlimiting factor or make the show limitless what they could do. It also kind of limits what they can do. So I could see a time and a place where, you know, Liv would be like, you know what, I'm tired of being in other people's brains, so let me just be myself for a little bit. Or, you know, and so that we get to see them from a different side. But I also think, as she said in this, I think it was this episode. Yeah, because that's where they finally really found out what that blend was. Was saying, well, I'm using these for the greater good. And or she said or Clive said it kind of like, no, you you can't always go on the two brains. So I don't think from the show perspective, it it threatens what the show is, but I do like the possibility of them utilizing that in certain circumstances. Well, I thought it, I thought it worked also to when they've introduced a bunch of other, a bunch of other characters that they don't also now have to like, you have like five different zombies having to do like weird, you know, personality traits or something like that. Every time they're in the same room with each other, because they're on, uh, you know, all different types of things. Though uh, so I do think that an interesting idea would be that this elite force that um, is, in a way, I'm surprised that, okay, this is really gruesome, but, you know, that they aren't going and, you know, people that die at war overseas or whatever, that they're not harvest, they're not collecting those brains like you know the best of the best to make them have the skill set or you know the brains of you know soldiers or you know whatever too <laughs> you're on the soldier yeah. you're on the soldier blend yeah you know yeah. the you but know apparently the, the brain yeah but apparently the blend of it where you just get a little bit of a whole bunch in a mash you you get enough brains to sustain yourself but not enough to take on any you know, traits and have a memory flashes and all that type right. of stuff. Uh, so, which is probably good if you're at war because you don't want to be, you know, as we learned from have... last episode, being a teenage girl, <laughs> a teenage girl. <laughs> doesn't really go with being a military operative or even a Zumba instructor. Yeah. 
<laughs> uh, no, but I like the... I like some of the stuff that they do, though. Like, this one you have, you know, like the... You know, sort of like the Zen guru guy. And, you know, lives on that brain. While there's all these other tense situations and things going. And she's just got, like... She's just throwing out, like, all these, like, Zen one-liners and stuff like that. Uh, I did like when she said, I don't even have to pretend to care about this, because I really do. (laughs) Uh, I I also like, there was, she, I can't remember what it was she said, but she said something, and, and, uh, Clive was like, that's true. (laughs) Like, they're sitting in the... They're sitting in one of the interrogations or whatever, and she like throws out like one of these, one of these statements, and he's like, "Yeah, that's totally true." <laughs> you know, just, uh, I like his, I like his reactions now, knowing like what's going on, like when he's getting out of the dumpster, and he's like, "No, I'll I'll do this. Don't you need to go <laughs> eat something?" You know, like yeah. You know, like, <laughs> it adds some comedy relief, but it also I think makes the show work better you know it, that whole like it's a secret thing it gets old after a while you still have some of that now with that new uh woman that's using the lab so they gotta try to hide it from her what's going on yeah but yeah. she's kind of on the periphery and because she's kind of more on the medical side i find that actually kind of intriguing like that she's like having yeah, like, to deal with these weird questions and like that don't make sense and also, like, what might she come up with as somebody right. that's, like, from the CDC type of thing, like, that uh, maybe Ravi hasn't thought of or or that'll spark something in him to uh, to go a different direction with something or, or what have you. So uh, it's it's like a problem, but it also could be – I like when she's, like, going through, like, all these things that <laughs> he's, like, just trying to have a cup of coffee. And he's like, no, didn't find anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, an interesting tie back of something that they've been, you know, they found before and it attaches to something else, but all the way back to the original inciting incident, at least for, you know, around live in the show. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoy it. I just think they have a lot of fun with each, <laughs> uh, with each episode. And, but I think they do a good job of mixing with a story of the week and ongoing and ongoing stories that I think they they do a good, a good mix of that way. And uh, with that, that'll do it for iZombie, and we'll move on to the next show on the list, which is Trial and Error, uh, which had its uh, last two episodes play uh, this uh, uh, last week. Uh, season 1, Episode 12, Chapter 12, The Defense Rests, and Episode 13, Chapter 13, The Verdict, which was the uh, season finale. Carly, you didn't watch. You missed out on Trial and Error. Yeah, so I guess I'll just have to be catching up on it. <laughs> yeah, it's I don't know. I really I really like the show. I like how they I like how they ended it. I like that they gave you an actual verdict even if it was like the most bizarre. I don't think anyone would have guessed. <laughs> like like thing. <laughs> well, my my favorite thing about it is that is that the twist before the final twist is the one that you like see coming. Yeah. Uh, like that guy's been sort of hanging around in the background and in, you know, even though this is a comedy, but in those style of shows that have, you know, like something like a murder one or, 
you know, a show that actually does like a season long arc about like one case or one murder or something that a lot of times it's not one of the main players. It usually ends up being like some side character that you've tangentially seen or heard from or whatever. And they, you know, the twist is it's that person so that they don't have to use any of the main characters as the actual murderer. Uh, and that I like that they did that here. And at first, you're just like, ah, oh, that's... I should have seen that coming. Well, yeah. well it, like, before it happens, you're just like, oh, they're going to, you know, it's going to be so-and-so. But that's sort of disappointing, because you're just like, that's, you know, this show has been all, you know, sort of twisty in, you know, who's done what and how each episode ends with the, you know, these different cliffhangers and things. and uh, And then to sort of land on one at the end that was just like when they've almost been sort of spoofing the, the, this sort of genre in a, in a respect for it to like hit so close to home uh, for something you've seen like a ton of times, but then it not to actually be, not to actually be that thing. And it to be a whole nother reason of, of what, of how the murder took place of, of uh, how uh, Larry's wife died. And, uh, but I thought it was also funny how it worked uh, that another body gets found and that's the reason like why he would stay, you know, in town uh, and stuff. And then, you know, have to go up against, you know, the same, the same lawyer, same judge. And, you know, a lot of the other people that were on his team uh, oh, I, I... and the characters and stuff like that, you know, you end up with the same you know, it'll be a whole, it'll be a whole new case. Uh, I just wonder how much, you know, John Lithgow is going to be, uh, if it, this was just like a one and done, like a uh, season for him for something like yeah, this, and, if they do, if they do more. Yeah. I don't know if he'll be back or if they'll get someone else, some other quirky resident. Cause it sounded like they already had someone that requested him. I mean, yeah. it, well, if like, he does come back, it could be some relative of his who is like a twin brother that they never told you about because that or, would be. Yeah. Or it'll just, you know, it'll be maybe they'll, they, they bring in some other, you know, sort of like veteran comic actor or whatever to do. That's why I was shocked to see Andy McDowell show up as the. <laughs> like, it's like, whoa, that's Andy McDowell. How did they get her? <laughs> like, like just to film the death scene. <laughs> <laughs> so I plus like I loved like while I love these characters, I also like I want to see a whole show just with Dwayne as a cop. Like that was so <laughs> he was like the worst cop ever. But I would watch a whole show just with him being a horrible cop. Yeah, like he leaves his gun on the on the water machine, you know, <laughs> the water fountain. <laughs> he at the police station. Then he like just busts the door in, but it's the wrong address. But yet you heard gunfire in the house, but nobody got shot. And then they go, you know, then they go next door. Yeah, it's it's such a bizarre sort of like a a comedy thing. I mean, all the way down to what's her name with all the and with all the different (laughs) problems. She ends up up with (laughs) she ends up with a new problem that comes out of nowhere where she has to walk backwards everywhere. I love how she always, like, she speaks to the camera and says, look it up, it's real. (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, because I'm sure these are real (laughs) weird (laughs) things that people have. 
but yeah, but just a new thing that like comes on in, in the final episodes. But she's so good at it. Like she just gets up and like walks around the office and like <laughs> from one area to the next without bumping into anything, you know, walking backwards. Just, I, I just really hope like this one was, gets. Uh, yeah, I hope they. I hope NBC picks it up for a second season too. That such a such a good group of characters that, uh, and and just this funny little small fictional town, you know that they can, they they could still introduce other you know a whole new cast of, like potential suspects and weird characters and things like that for a new case. Yep. But yeah, I just uh, I really like the. Really liked the first season and thought, you know, since we had talked about it a few times, that we should at least talk a little bit about the uh, the finale. Not super spoilery in case Carla wants to go back and watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't listening, so. <laughs> well, we purposely didn't say any big, any big spoilers. Just uh, I mean, I, I was kind of listening. I heard something about a dead body, or, and then I heard, like... <laughs> I bits and pieces, but I was catching up on social media. Yeah. <laughs> I I still like that the whole like that the whole time they never board up the window. They just put they just put the police tape up over the broken window where she fell through. And he continues to live in the house <laughs> during the trial and it's like all this time passes but nobody ever does anything for the window. I don't know, just just a really fun show. I don't know. It came and went really quick when they double pumped the episodes. We'll see if great news it's, feels the same way, yeah. <laughs> or if it's just kind of okay news. But I like. I really like the cast of great news. Like, so I mean, there's potential there, but we'll see what they do with that. And that'll do it for trial and error. And we'll move on to the last show on the list, which is the Blacklist, uh, season four, episode seventeen, Dimbe Zuma. And episode 18, Requiem, uh, where we returned uh, to find out that uh, that while that while Tom was <laughs> messing around on Blacklist Redemption, they've been searching for Dembe this whole time, and he's been evading capture. Uh, and they've now finally got uh, they've now finally got a lead. But uh, you spend a you spend a whole bunch of time <laughs> catching up. Uh, with the blacklist here, Carla, what did you think uh, once we got to uh, got to these episodes where we got the news that you know it wasn't Dimbe that poisoned him? Of course it wasn't. I mean that was that would have been so like out of like so far afloat from where that character has been uh, for that to have been true. That you know that could have been a jump the shark moment, but but having but really that it was the next episode and all the backstory. And stuff that they threw in there that was really interesting. What did you think about? What did you think about getting more of uh, Mr. Kaplan's backstory, Carla? Well, I should a disclaimer. I watched all of last season and all of this season in like a matter of like a week and a half. <laughs> so, um, first of all, Blacklist is a very very binge friendly show. Um, and it's much better than I remember it being. Um, I just stopped watching it because there were just too many shows on it that night. And NBC does not make it easy to catch up on shows. Um, but because I had watched all of last season with what happened with Liz and stuff, so close to watching 
the reveal of um, Mr. Kaplan's backstory, I really enjoyed it. I think that having watched it all kind of together made it a much more enjoyable experience than perhaps watching, you know, week to week and having such a big break. But um, I do think that it's like that it's unlikely that this was all planned, um, you know, and the whole like who Liz's father thing. I know people that have watched that part so long ago probably don't really care anymore, but like having that be having just gone through that and then finding out now about her mother and the backstory and how Mr. Kaplan was related um, and took care of Masha as a child. Um, I, this new direction has me mesmerized. I like cannot wait to, to find out what this like showdown between Mr. Kaplan and red is going to be like, I mean, I know whose side I'm on and it's not reds. Um, I feel the same way. (laughs) I'm like, I, I'm like, I just want like, um, I, I, I don't know. I just want like, I just want like this team Kate and Masha like thing to come back. I don't know. Like, I just think that it will just be like the most amazing thing to team up, uh, team up against red would just be awesome. And then I will say too, that, um, and now I forget where I was going to go with that. Um, I don't know. I just, I really like, I like this direction. Oh, the backstory. And one of the questions people have, I'm, if you're like me, probably like, why is she called Mr. Kaplan? And like two episodes before the, the most recent episode, I was like, oh, I wonder if we'll ever find out why she's called Mr. Kaplan now that we hear that, um, you know, some people call her Kate. So I did like the way that that played out and it kind of humanized her in a new way because um, she'd always kind of been the cleaner until she... Um, decided to fake Liz's death. So kind of, kind of, it, it brought everything full circle. Like now we fully understand why she did what she did, why she went against red, why she was so adamant about um, that. She made the right choice, even though things ended up not working out like she wanted them to. And I don't blame her for that. I mean, you could say that faking Liz's death, led to her being captured, but she would have been taken earlier if they didn't fake her death. So like, you know, red has no reason to be mad at Mr. Kaplan for, for that part of it. But anyways, I'm like, I am more interested in the show than I think I have been since, um, at any point since, you know, the last week and a half. (laughs) (laughs) How about you? Or season one. (laughs) Yeah. So going back to the the previous, I, I loved the the Mr. Kaplan origin story episode. Uh, just one thing back in the normal show, like the previous episode, again, with these stupid love triangles, I hate like the whole uh, like fight for um, like the two women who, who are both like upset with each other like because the other one likes him or he likes the he likes the other one or 
like to me i wish they would just drop that like just have them pick one i don't care who just go with one so basically you know. kyle you have no heart is what you're saying no i have you no heart you yeah we've <laughs> no i do the enjoy the mis- i i was touched by the the mr kaplan story like like as soon as that woman introduced herself as annie kaplan i'm like okay either they're in love with each other or like she's gonna love this woman so much she's gonna just like take her last name because something's gonna happen so i figured that something was gonna happen to this woman when they uh once they once they went on but i i found that whole story so interesting watching her like when she was digging out the bodies like what she's taken out of that wall and then they have like that it was like a dexter season two type of <laughs> uh, reveal with all like the bodies laid out over the the ice and i was like oh this is great and like i want red to go down like and so like i was afraid like when i was so nervous when it looked like they were going to kill her off because she's like probably my favorite character on the show and i was like you can't kill her off and then so all of a sudden like a few episodes later we had like the misery storyline and then uh I was so happy to see her back and I'm, I'm see now if you would have waited and watched like I did, I knew she couldn't die because I knew she was on the season. <laughs> actually, actually I knew she couldn't die when I watched the episode where I thought she died because she, they were bringing her to C2E2, the actress. And I was like, uh, well, she, I'm like, they wouldn't bring her if she wasn't on the show still. I was uh, glad to be spoiled in that case. So you, Sorry. Were, you have that nerve. I like that. They, they even went all the way back to like, she got, she had previously been, you know, injured, and oh, with the, they, and with they the put a metal, metal plate. They put a metal plate in her head, and so when she got shot in the head this time, that was part of why it didn't, you know, it didn't, uh, it didn't. How work. she could humanly survive yeah, that a shot yeah. like, a, like that was a nice touch. I thought. Yeah, I mean, that. It, but they also tied it back into that bail bonds thing that they had, you know, showed her connection to. That guy, Tito, or that guy before, whatever his name and is. you know, that place. And I mean, could they have gone? You know, obviously, you can go back and you can retrofit it, but it also felt like they had set some of these things up to go back. I mean, a plate in the head seems like a retrofit idea. Like, we're gonna, when we we're gonna we're gonna shoot her in the head, but she's not gonna die. How is that? How does that work? And then they figure out a way to. Which I'm fine with to, to like, add the story in, but the way they the way they told that story though, and the way they wrapped everything around it, and then you saw that she was actually close to Masha and her mother, where you didn't you hadn't known that deep of a connection before, uh, as, as to why she was with Red uh, and things like that. Well, and how Liz ended up with her um, adoptive quote unquote father. Yeah, but but which we had never known before either. But you now see, like, like you said, like, the whole deciding to hide Liz and stuff like that was, uh, you know, going back to her. She would always, you know, take Masha over, over Red, uh, right? And uh, and she had forgotten that, and you know, came back. And so, I I just thought they did a really good job of, you know, giving you this really cool backstory that tied in with so many different things. Uh, even if some of it was retrofit, it was still, it was still, it, it was still so well done that it didn't totally feel that way. Even down to like getting into the pilot, like they even worked, yeah, all the way up into that, all the way to yeah, to the reasoning Red decided to turn himself in and start this whole thing. 
which you still don't totally know exactly why exactly it's it's still it still overall tells a story that's a little far fetched that a guy would become like an international criminal to protect this one little girl like that's the, that's the reasoning behind it uh, or at least the his stated reasoning at, at a time it, it sounds a little weird until you find you, you need to know like I don't know they still need more information as to why besides some of the things that we've we've seen or whatever but I don't know I it, it does sort of renew my interest for the end of the season uh, as you know it looks like that's the you know like that's the battle towards the, end the for the end of this season is uh, is those two going up against each other? Though it makes me nervous if they're going up against each other, they're not going to get rid of Red. Yeah. <laughs> for the like, yeah. it can only end badly for her. It's not going to suddenly become the Mister Kaplan show. Well, possibly, yeah, but that, hey, that wouldn't be so bad, though, would it? I would watch it, but I don't think they would suddenly change the show and get rid of James Spader. I would like to see. I want to see the reaction to Liz finding out like we now have a whole bunch of information that she don't have. Like, does she not remember that Mr. Kaplan from when she was a, a, a little girl? No, she doesn't remember a lot of stuff from remember she had her brain messed with and false memories implanted and all kinds of stuff when she was, you know, younger and stuff like that. We've seen that she's has all kinds of memory problems that she barely, you know, she's only recently like really started to like even, you know, remember her mother and things and stuff like that, that, uh, that, uh, she may remember, you know, even if she did have a memory of it, she wouldn't have necessarily, you know, put those two things together because she didn't have any reaction to hearing that name. Yeah. Uh, you know, so not even, you know, like that sounds familiar or anything. So, and, and she was going by that name when she was working for, you know, for the mother. So, well, I th- and I think that'll be interesting to see how, um, first of all, how Liz finds out or if she finds out or where she lands in this, you know, triangle that's not a love triangle, but a power. Well, it is a love triangle of a different sort, I guess, a familial love triangle. Like, will she um, will she side with Red? Will she side with Mr. Kaplan? Um, and then how will those memories come back and will that change her outlook on what, you know, who she is and um, what she wants to do? I mean, I could also see her being, you know, rebelling against Mr. Kaplan, just like red for the fact that she never told her, you know, she knew all this history and kept it from her. So that whole dynamic will be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah. I think, I think it definitely sets up a – it's like a whole – like they've been doing stuff all along or whatever, but it sets up like this whole little like mini season to like end, <laughs> end the show – in the season of the show with. So, I mean, I've been watching because it's, it's still fun enough and uh, it's, it's interesting enough, but some of the, you know, the, the mechanisms of it and stuff like that have just gotten, you know, a little bit old. But I think this gives a new – you know, a nice new spin, at least to finish out this season. So we'll see how that goes. And we'll move on to the uh, last section of the podcast, TV recommendations. I actually have a recommendation this week. 
I ended up having a recommendation last week since Ray recommended a couple of podcast episodes, uh, which reminded me of an episode of the writer's panel that I had listened to that I recommended last week as well with the creators and uh, showrunners of Timeless. Uh, but I was listening uh, this this week to uh, episode 329 of the writer's panel, uh, which had uh, David Casp, uh, who is the creator of uh, Happy Endings. And then it also had Amanda Lasher, who is an executive producer. I think she's actually the showrunner uh, of Sweet Vicious. Uh, and then Jennifer Caton Robinson, who is the creator of Sweet Vicious. And... Happy Endings is an all-time favorite show, and Sweet Vicious is one of the like shows that came out of nowhere that was really good so far this year. Uh, it was kind of an interesting mix of uh, you know of an interview, uh, but within it they were talking about you know how they broke into the business, which is a lot of what they they talk about on the writers panel is how uh, different writers got into uh, writing for stuff, and that's an interesting story for all of them. Uh, but within that, you get this backstory of the creation of Sweet Vicious and how it came to be. And that stuff is super interesting to me. How they got the idea, what they were trying to do, and as it went through all the different things to what it became on the screen that you see. And you also get a little bit of that uh, with uh, how Happy Endings was created as well. And I, I find if, if you're a big TV fan and you like those, those shows... A lot of the writer's panel episodes are good, but this one uh, was really good in particular. So uh, episode 329 of the writer's panel is my recommendation. And uh, how about you, Carla? What is your recommendation this week? My recommendation is um, Grace and Frankie, uh, which is a Netflix show. Uh, it premiered uh, almost about actually uh, exactly a month ago on March 24th, um, the third season. And, um, it's, oh no, it's, yeah, the third season, sorry. Um, it's with Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin, Sam Waterson and, um, Martin Sheen. And they play, um, they were two married couples, traditional married couples, but the two husbands were having an affair for years and, were lawyers together in um, divorce lawyers, actually. And they come out and decide they want to get married and break up with their the women. And the women end up in the uh, living together, um, non-romantically, but living together as friends, um, sort of, quote-unquote friends, I guess you could say, uh, that kind of bicker all the time and stuff (laughs) but it is a it's a comedy half hour episodes 13 episode seasons and it's really easy to catch up and it's been renewed for a fourth season and it's just fun the dynamic between grace and frankie is just like it will leave a smile on your face um the trials and tribulations and the laughs that they have and the disagreements and them trying to find love again, possibly. And then um, I, I prefer when when their stories are being told over um, the two men's stories. Sometimes I find that couple like to be a little grating at times, but they have their moments as well. Um, and then they also have their th- um, four children that all have their own little 
complications and stories that are going on. So, um, you know, you have Jane Fonda, who's a retired woman who's was who created a makeup business all on her own and retired and left it to and put her daughter in charge. And then Lily Tomlin, um, as she often does, plays the free spirit, pot smoking, um, you know, grain eating person. Um, so they're as different as they can be, which just makes it all the more charming and interesting. So, um, you know, you could catch up on all three seasons in a weekend or, um, sometimes it was just kind of a great show to just throw on while you're eating dinner. Um, or, you know, just want to put something on if, if on the treadmill, you know, Jason, if you're doing treadmill, <laughs> throw an episode on. It's a it's it's a fun show. So Grace and Frankie on Netflix is my recommendation. All right, and how about you, Kyle? So I'm recommending another fun show. Uh, it's uh, Hulu's The Handmaid's Tale, which premieres <laughs> April 26th. As opposite of a show as you can get, right? <laughs> uh, it premieres this Wednesday. They're showing the first three episodes, and it'll drop every week. It's ten episodes long. But it's it's set in this dystopian near future where birth rates have like plummeted and uh, the society is now uh, ruled by this militant religious group. And so they kidnap like these fertile young women to become like surrogates for the wives of the commanders who uh, these uh, wives who can't have kids, but their, their uh, husbands are like the, the men in charge who, who run this whole Society and so Elizabeth Moss uh, plays the main handmaid. That this it's told from her perspective, uh, and so she was kidnapped like a while back with along with her baby. Like her husband was killed, and now she's forced into the society. And so she's on like her third assignment right now, and she's assigned to this commander named Fred, who's played by Joseph Fiennes. And so she's given the name Offred, like all the women are, it's of and whoever the, the guy that they're assigned to. And his wife is played by Yvonne Strahovski, I can't say her name, Strahovski uh, from Chuck. And so like, um, like in this society, if you don't follow the rules, like they, they hang people. And so these women like learn to follow the rules and step and stay in line. And so she's really like following all the rules, but she learns uh, from another woman uh, who's played by Alexis Fidel. Uh, and so she learns that there's this, this uh, resistance that's forming and they're going to try to break away from this society and, and change things. But like, it sounds dark, but there's also some, some humor mixed in. Like you hear her inner monologue where she says what she's really thinking versus what she uh, projects to the outside, like her, like always observing the rules, but you hear like her sarcastic thoughts in her head and, and everything else that's going on. Uh, like I said, they're airing the first three episodes. I've seen the first two and I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing more of it. Um, it's really well done drama, but it also has this, um, like there's twists and turns and uh there's also a bit of humor in there just so it's not like completely dark but there are some very dark moments especially in the uh the first couple episodes but i i definitely recommend checking out if you have hulu all right so um jason there's some breaking news that we might want to talk about there's some breaking news here huh 
Yes. Should we fix it? Yes. No. (laughs) So 96.3% of the Writers Guild of America voted to um, authorize for a strike and had a record turnout of 67.5% of eligible members. So I think that that's definitely a uh, uh, saying that a strike is possible. Yeah. Well, if they, if they go on strike, it'll give me a lot of time to catch up on other stuff that they've already written. I feel well, the same way. <laughs> I would love a strike. I need a strike to get caught up. Although well, I wonder- but see, that to me, like, the fact that both of you thought of that, I was one of my thoughts was, you know what, this time if there's a strike versus in 2007 when there was a strike, like, there is so much TV out there that, like, viewers won't have any trouble keeping themselves occupied, which I think really puts the onus on, in some ways on the writers, like to their side, because it's the studios that would end up paying, you know, they won't have new content. Every, you know, viewers will just go to Netflix and Amazon and, you know, Hulu and be happy, but the studios aren't going to be making money. Yeah, uh, you know, on, right? Yeah, on demand and things like that. From, I mean, uh, I mean, they'll be making money from any deals they have selling content. You know, whatever they've sold content to all these different places and stuff. But, uh, but that's already been sold and paid for, so they're they not going to be, be making any extra money. Yeah, well, they won't be making new stuff. So you know, it hurts both sides. You know, the the writers get hurt because they're not they're not working, and uh, the companies get hurt because they don't have new content. Uh, you know, to put forth, uh, and you know they they don't have more of content that they know people already like. You know, not even new stuff. You know, just like new seasons of things. You know, like the blacklist or whatever. You know, the it's like yeah, there's going to be another season. You know, if they went on strike, you know, someday, you know, it could. I just feel like the current dynamic puts a lot more favor in the writer's hand for the studios to make a deal with them. Um, I mean, while the writers will, you know, um, they don't have as much to lose. I mean, I think with the, with the shortened seasons, but yet the writers being locked into those contracts and unable to take other jobs. I mean, to me, that is just unacceptable. I mean, it'd be one thing, I'm fine with shorter seasons and them have, you know, they should only get paid for the number of episodes that they're actually working, but to prevent them from working for, you know, half the year, um, to me just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. That type of stuff doesn't, doesn't make sense, especially with the, you know, the shorter seasons and stuff like that. You should be able to, but then I also get it on the other side. Like you don't want them going and, building content for some other network that you're competing with uh, on the other I side mean, that's, as well. Yeah, that's true. But you also think of it like, I mean, for the studios as a whole, that means that the best writers out there are not working half the time. So wouldn't it hurts them as well in that regard. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it's all weird. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But yeah, <laughs> but, but especially with upfronts coming up, like, do they pick up stuff? Not like, what do they pick up? Well, if the strike they don't have routers. The strike would happen before, most likely before that upfronts, because I think the deadline's May first. Yeah, they would still choose out of that stuff what stuff they would want to have done. I'm sure, uh, but it would affect when 
or if it would ever get made. Well, some writers' rooms started up early, too. That's, You know, you have to wonder, is that why there were so many early renewals this year? So that they could at least get, you know, the first one, two, three episodes of the fall season written. Or um, why they saved four episodes of Lucifer <laughs> for next season. <laughs> the plot thickens. Yeah. Well, Interesting. We'll see what happens with the with that. And uh, as always, you can find links to our recommendations as well as the news stories we talked about. Uh, and also where you can find Carla and Kyle online in the show notes at tvtimes3.com slash 366. And next week, I will be joined by Mike Moody from the Permanent Record Podcast Network and Ivy West. And we'll be talking about a little TV, probably also talk a little bit about the ATX Television Festival, uh, since uh, all of us will be attending that as well. And when that episode that episode will come out about a month before... The festival uh, takes place in the beginning of June, uh, but they've uh, they've announced a bunch of uh, cool stuff. But we'll be talking about uh, some of that next week. And uh, thank you again, Carla and Kyle, for uh, joining me on episode three sixty six. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. And uh, thank you, Kyle, for your internet working. I know the whole it. time for the third. Time. <laughs>